Next Chapter Podcasts. Welcome to Thick Skin with Jock and Hawk. I'm Jock Jones. And I'm LaTroy Hawkins. This show is called Thick Skin because you have to have thick skin to be in the spotlight. Whether you're a professional athlete like me and Hawk who played in the bigs or you're an entertainer, the media will come after you. So you better be ready. We're here to tell it like it is, correcting the media when they get it wrong and dive deep into the world of sports, all sports and entertainment from an athlete's perspective. We got a great show for you today. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's our first episode. I'm looking forward to it. Enjoying the time spent, you know, fellowshipping with my brother and my little brother, Jock. Tonight's going to be an emotional episode. And what we're going to talk about happened to you. I get as, as emotional about it as you do. December of 2016, you land your job with the Washington Nationals, working alongside our father, our mentor, Johnny Dusty Baker. Yep. Pretty much dream job, getting a chance to work with Dusty. Yep. And then you get through the season, and around October the 6th, October the 7th, a report comes out. Nationals suspends assistant hitting coach Jock Jones reportedly due to revenge porn. Yep. Can you get into what transpired and what led up to that and how it's affected you since then? Uh, well, yeah, it was a just, I got involved with a young lady, uh, dealt with her for about eight months. Some things transpired between us. I mean, long story short, uh, towards the end of the friendship, uh, disagreement happened. And then, you know, I had a, a conversation with a friend um, that turned into um, kind of like what the case was built around. And what happened was, you know, I was talking to this guy who I thought was my friend who, you know, we were going back and forth and he was telling me about, you know, things, some of the things that this girl was saying to him or young lady. Let me say this before I really get into it. Um, it was dumb of me to send the, the photo to him. It was it was dumb of me to handle that. It was kind of immature. You know, for me to. I remember when you told me that the first thing I said, it's like, bro, mm-hmm. what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, I was immature. Um, but I, I sent him a, a picture of this young lady's exposed torso from uh, like the neck down to above her belly button. Okay. I, I sent it to him along with like seven other photos of like shoes and clothes and, and cologne and all this other stuff that she has sent me over eight eight-month period, uh, basically um, trying to warn him, hey, like she's involved you in this situation and, and you know, hey, be careful because this may, you know, happen to you. So um, he went back and he told her and I, I believe showed her the photo and then she got upset and, and distraught and she uh, in turn uh, – brought up a lawsuit against me, which was this revenge porn lawsuit. Um, I was caught off guard by it because I didn't know, you know, that she was that upset by it. Um, When I was going through my depositions and stuff like that, I found out about it, that she thought about, you know, suing me or whatever in late August, right around like the 26th, 27th of August. So we get through September, we get through, 
uh, the end of the season. And then, like you said, October the 6th is when the story first broke online. And when I when I knew that it was going to break through, you know, the only thing I could think about was, yes, like it was dumb. Yes, it's something that could have been avoided. Also, like she was, how upset she was. You know what I mean? And like, you know, a, a, apologetic, sorry that it happened. Sorry that she was upset. Sorry that she brought the case to fruition, right? But the other thing was, hey, I don't mind her coming after me. And she also came after the organization and she also came after Corey right. Baker, which, which those two things got dropped rather quickly because they had nothing to do with the situation. Right. right. It seems like th- it was done because they wanted to, they wanted to clickbait. They wanted to polarize what was transpiring at the time. Yeah. I, I, and I, I say, I said at the time that they wanted sensationalism with this situation. Right. So, I was hurt because I became a distraction to the team, a distraction to their playoff run and a potential World Series run because their team was good enough to get to the World Series. So, and not that that matters, but I was more hurt that I caused a distraction to the whole team. And as a coach, the last thing you want you want to be is a distraction to the team. Yes, as a coach, you want to stay out of the way. You want to be seen spotlight on players not heard but you want the spotlight to be on the players and that's what i wanted to do you know the whole two years i was there was i wanted to make a difference but i also wanted the players to get all the glory or whatever came with you know whatever happened when i was there in that situation as a assistant coach can you get into the the mental side of you know the ordeal that you had to go through you know it's been we're moved six years, seven years from it now. Mm-hmm. But can you talk about the process from October of 2017 until the Jock Jones of November 2023? So the process was embarrassment. The process was hurt. The process was like, I, I didn't even want to go outside. I didn't want to be around other people. I didn't want to be in other people's presence because I felt like people were pointing at me. People were you know, disgusted with me. People were, you know, just upset that I even was involved in something like that, right? So then I had to get over that because a lot of people didn't know, a lot of people didn't care. You know, a lot of people didn't care to know because it wasn't their issue. It was my issue to to deal with. Um, So once I got through that and once I went through the trial, which kind of like opened the wounds up again, I went through an actual trial and Again, it, it, like just the disappointment and the hurt that I, you know, I caused, you know, the young lady and the and the and the disappointment I, you know, caused to my family and of course my friends, but who who stuck by me, but they were disappointed in me because they know that, you know, I'm a better person than that to do something like that. Um, but it also, um, it was a teaching moment um, within that time when I got through it because. My daughter asked me a tough question one time because she was looking for my birthday on the internet. And she said, Dad, I ran across this thing. Is it true? <laughs> and my heart just dropped, bro. Oh, man. Dropped. So I was like, yes, baby, it's true. I'm not proud of it. I'm not happy about it. Um, you know, I know your friends probably have come across it too because I'm sure they've looked up you know, look me up on the internet. Um, and 
you know, I told her, this could happen to you. I don't want it to happen to you. So be careful what you send or what you, you know, put out to your friends or whoever it may be. Right. Especially at that age in high school. At that age in high school. Access, access to phones. They're sending each other all yeah. kinds of stuff yeah. and not knowing the different laws in each state mm-hmm. of, you know, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And in 2017, the revenge porn law was different than what it is now. Mm-hmm. And how did that how does that pertain to, you know, the outcome of, of your case? So what it was and what revenge porn was, and if if you have it in front of you, you could read it for the people to know what exactly revenge porn was in 2017. So revenge porn, revealing or sexually explicit images or video of a person posted on the internet, typically by a former sexual partner without the consent mm-hmm. or the subject and in order to cause them distress or embarrassment. Mm-hmm. You didn't post it on the internet. I never posted it on the internet. It was a, this was a private conversation between uh, two supposed friends at the time, and regardless of of what the relationship was, you know, it was a, a a conversation between me and him, and then he involved her, and it was really the three of us who who viewed this picture, right? So then, like when we go through the trial. This this picture never services because nobody had it. They they everyone got rid of it, and she never had it, right? So they asked me to produce the picture, and I told them from the get go that I erased it as soon as I sent it to him, and you know he said he erased it as soon as he showed her. So nobody had this photo that caused the commotion, um, right? And it just knowing you know being there. You know, being a sounding board for you while you while you were going through mm-hmm. this, and like I said before, like when you're when you're when your little brother going through something, you're going through it, yep. and we talk about the media. The media didn't come back and 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 defend anything that actually happened no. in the case. No. It was completely one sided. Yeah. And again, like I'm, and, and you know, I was the first one. It's like I didn't condone what you did, right. but. I always said everybody makes mistakes. Right. It was a mistake. Yep, it was a huge mistake. <laughs> it was a huge mistake, and it cost you a lot. Yep. But what I like about my little brother is, as much as he went through, he owned it. He used it as a teaching moment for his son, his daughter, my daughter, and all our other kids in our group. Because they everybody saw what Uncle Jock had got himself into. But you made it into a teacher moment and you made yourself a better person going through this. And that's the thing that people, they don't, like, I don't, the media don't, they don't see what you're doing with all hands on deck. No. They don't see what you're doing, the money you're raising to help, you know, underprivileged kids. You know, they don't see that you went back to school and got your degree and now you're trying to give back to the community and help make this place, this world that we share a better place. And, And that's... I mean, that's the positive that I took from, you know, that situation in that case and, you know, that time period of my life is I could have just like, I could have folded up. I could have been depressed. I could have, you know, done something crazy. Right. But I just used it like I have this shirt on. Right. This shirt says resolute. Right. Resolute. Shirt says. And I said, you know what? Now, laying around one day and like my daughter has said to me one day, like, 
I I'd mentioned something about school to her college. And she goes, Dad, do you got your degree? And I was like, no, baby, I don't. Right? So I was like, you know what? Gosh darn it. I better go. I need to go back to school and get my degree so I can talk to her about college because I can't talk to her about going to college and getting a degree if I don't have one. So, you know, if this if this situation never would have happened, I probably never would have gone back to school. Right? So I went to school, right. went back to school uh, for a year and a half. It was it was and even that was kind of like, you know, I was I was kind of apprehensive about it, knowing what I had went through. And but they welcomed me with open arms um, back to SC. You know, they they took care of my two years um, coming back to school. I helped out with the baseball team. You know, I just was on campus like one of the students, just blending in. Um, also, um, I got to spend a lot more time with my daughter and my son, and I got to go, you know. See my son at school. He went to University of Alabama. I got to spend more time with my daughter, you know, birthdays and holidays and stuff like that, where otherwise I might not have been able to do that um, if I had still been coaching. So it, it was a good time to step back from the game. It was a good time to to, to step back and, and analyze, you know, the things that were important and, and not miss out on a lot of the moments that I had that I got to cover while I was there at home. And so... You know, I, I'm I'm proud of all those things I accomplished. Like you said, I, I had a chance to start my foundation, All Hands on Deck, which uh, I raised money to give back to the community Southeast San Diego in which I grew up. And so I was proud and happy about that to be able to to um, bring that to fruition and be able to go back and go into my community. We do a turkey drive. We do an annual golf tournament. We did a back-to-school backpack giveaway and stuff. And all this came out of just, just having, you know, time away from the game and being self-reflective and trying to figure out other things that I wanted to do that I enjoyed doing. Well, you know, your boy, I never stop advocating for you. Any job that I got in baseball, I always say, hey, it's time for my boy, my buddy to be back in the game because his mind and his ability to coach and his ability to reach these young men, yep. it needs to be in the game. Yep. And I always say, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting. I am fighting for you. Mm -hmm. Took the nail, and I'm learning. I'm, sometimes I had to learn some karate, and I didn't even know karate on some folk <laughs> to get them to listen. Like, what's what are we doing here? If, if a person can't get a second chance, man, especially one our own, one of our own can't get a second chance. And I know things happen in time when they're supposed to happen, but you know me, I'm your brother. I want that. I want that shit to happen like that. I, don't, I want it to happen it'll, like that. It'll this. happen, man. It's it's. You know, sometimes things happen and we don't understand why. And I, I learned to sit still and not ask why, right? Because God, we're on. God has a plan, man. He, our, our life is already written. We're just living it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's not always peaches and cream. The road's not always straightforward. We got twists and turns and bumps and 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 like potholes. And you just have to. You got to persevere, man. And and that was the other thing that I had a chance to, to do was I joined the greatest fraternity in the world, bro. And all those, I got 40,000 brothers, right? And they've all welcomed me with open arms, right? And our cardinal principles are manhood, scholarship, perseverance, and uplift. I had to use all four of those going through all the things that I went through in the last six to seven years, right? So I don't sit back and ask why, right? I cause a situation, 
right? So I don't sit back and ask why. I don't sit back and ask how. I'm always moving, man. I'm always, I don't sit still. I'm always moving. I'm, I'm coming to Texas to see you guys. I'm going to- And you never sleep. No, I don't. I never sleep, man. I'm, I'm going to Houston to see my daughter, Atlanta to see my, my son, right? Going on trips with, with you know, golf trips with buddies of mine. And just, I, I just don't sit still, man. Because when you sit still, like, like an idle mind is the devil's workshop. You understand oh, what I'm saying? God. So when you sit still, you, you got no- you got nothing to do but think negative and think, you know, like, like, why me or, or so I always try to move, man. And when it's, when, when the time is right, I'll get back. In, and I, I did get back in the game over the summer and I didn't tell a lot of people. I did get back in the game. I, I was in the major league draft league. I was in Frederick, uh, Maryland. And I got a chance again to just, just do, just get my feet wet and do what I love, man. And I was a hitting coach over there and I enjoyed the heck out of all the young men who I came across. And so I had a great time doing that, man. And so if, if it's, you know, I, I, sooner or later I'll get back in, but you know, if, if I don't, it's, I, I'll, I'll be great at something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't look at it as, as, you know, it, it, it was meant for me to do all the things that I did. And if that didn't happen, who knows when it would have gotten done. So, like with that, yes, a lot of positives came out of that, and I, I, I thank, you know, I thank God for that, and I thank God for for having my mindset the way it was, and I got a chance to accomplish a lot of things that I, again, like I, that I might not have had a chance to accomplish otherwise. If I'm coaching with the the um, Team USA 18U again next year, I'm going to have you come in because I think what what you went through again. The youth need to know. Absolutely, they need to hear it Absolutely. because you're human. They can they can relate to you, and if it happened to you for something so small, it can happen to them, and it derails your life. Not forever, but like you said, it makes you take. You got to take the scenic route to get back to where you want to you want to get to. And in our world. Redemption, you know, you get a chance to, you know, you get a second chance at life, a second chance at doing what you you want, you love to do. And this day and age, you know, they make it almost impossible. And that's what I don't, I don't, I don't like that. That that really bugs it's me. It's okay. That you know what I look at it like this, man. If I can touch one person's life or two people's life, right, and change, like I, it, I didn't. It wasn't necessarily a campaign, right? But, like, I started telling people when I got a chance to talk to them, right, look, man, do not press sin if you have to question what you're doing, right? Because as soon as you press sin, you can't take it back, right? So my my thing to people is do not, if you have to, to second guess or you have to um, think about what you're sitting or are you... Don't think that it's a good thing to, to put out there. You don't feel good in your gut. Don't yeah. press Sam, bro. So yeah. if I could just touch a few lives or a lot of lives with that, you know, bit of advice is, like I said, just, just, and, and it also, when I bring up that point, it also made me change the way that I deal with people, right? 
if I if I have to get upset with somebody or if I feel like a, a conversation or a situation is going left, I remove myself from it. Like I, my mouth is slick. I had to bite my tongue a lot. <laughs> your mouth slick? No, not yours. Yeah. Your judgment. It's You're- so slick, dude. So I I had to withdraw from being slick talking because like there's no good that can come from it. Like with my friends, we can go back and forth all day long, but like in the public or with people, it, it's just like I have to like they don't get our sarcasm. No, they don't. And so I have to yeah. I have to know my audience, know who I'm around. And I just like, you know, I and if it, the situation is not going the way that it should go or that I want it to go or that, you know, hey man, like this could go, you know, left or this could get crazy. So like either don't get involved in the situation or just steer clear of it. And so it, it's that that I learned that lesson from that. And like I've carried that to me so close to my chest and my heart that it's just like I, I'm, you know, glad that that not glad that the situation happened, dude. But but the lessons that I've got from it that I, I, I take right, it's a lesson learned right, that that I move forward with. Your final remarks mm-hmm. to the young lady. Mm-hmm. What what would you like to say to her if you had a chance to talk to her face to face? Just, just again, apologizing about the situation and how transpired it went down, you know, and I, it was a lapse in judgment. Didn't want to embarrass her. Didn't mean to embarrass her. And if, if I embarrassed her, you know, again, uh, apologize about that. But, you know, just, just pretty much that. And I'm sorry that it happened. And, you know, and hope remorseful, very remorseful. And, and, you know, just, to move forward the best way that we both can. Good. Well, I know how hard that is to actually, you know, talk about it in a space like this. And thank you for, you know, opening up and, you know, giving the audience, you know, your take on how, you know, it affected her life, how it affected your life, you know, where you were mentally then, as opposed to where you are mentally now and how, you know, there's some good to come out of everything. So I, I commend you, little bro, for being able to um, be vulnerable. At the end of the day, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And we appreciate that. Yeah, and, I, and I, I appreciate the fact that someone finally <laughs> wanted to sit down and get my side of the story and get it out. That's exactly why we created this podcast. The exact reason why we created the Thick Skin Podcast is to get you know, stories out and, 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 and get, you know, the truth out and, and just. And get the other person's side of it. Get the other person's side. And, and in our society, it's like when the, I don't know, we, we want to hear from the victim and never the other person, which is, you know, I guess the way our society is made up because sometimes it's not always what you read or what you see and it's, and, the headlines are made to draw you in. Again, thank you. We're going to transition to some sports and MLB had their awards week. And you can see the nationally rookie of the year goes to Corbin Carroll. I think that was a no brainer. What he was able to do over in Arizona, you know, propel this team to the world series. Nobody had them in the world series. Nobody had them in the playoffs at at the beginning of the year. They did have them though, as a, Probably the the 
Sleeper? No, they they had him as a candidate to win Rookie of the Year, so he okay. he did not disappoint. <laughs> An American League Rookie of the Year is Gunnar Henderson yeah. over in Baltimore. Baltimore. He is a baller too. And I, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, did he get sent down early in the year? Are they thinking about sending him down early in the year, and he just turned into a monster? Yeah, well, he's. I mean, I was on the scouting trail when he was getting drafted and. The year he was getting drafted, and you know he was one of the guys that was high on the top of our our list as a Twins, and 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 especially my list. But I'm I'm not surprised because he has the size, the strength, and he he played like that in high school. It was kind of impressive because you can see he's one of those one of those rare guys that I saw. I can I, I was able to project him to being you know an everyday major league ball player and a perennial All Star. Only other guy I projected like that was my boy Royce Lewis, Gunnar Henderson. I'm like, okay. I, I, I didn't even profile um, Jackson Holiday like that. I had him with Team USA, a really good player. Um, and now he's just flown through the, the minor league system. He's just oh, he's going to be playing right alongside Gunnar Henderson soon, sooner than rather than later. And I'm telling you, there's something to be said about genes and having – your father or mother be a great athlete. Um, you 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 adopt you adapt and adopt some of their traits, and you just I mean it's some for some kids it's just inevitable, so it's not surprising. But but the learning curve sometimes takes a little bit longer. But it, it sounds like he's got a, a grip and a grasp on it now. So you know, look forward to seeing him too. I remember playing with Matt Holiday, Jackson's dad, yeah. in Colorado in 07. Yeah. And Jackson was a little bitty boy at the time. He switched hit at the time. Mm-hmm. And he would come in the clubhouse after the game. Win, lose, or draw, he was in the clubhouse mm-hmm. right after the game. By the time we came in the dugout, I mean, in the clubhouse, he was in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And this kid would get at least 75 swings before his dad got dressed and was ready to go mm-hmm. because he would start Next to his dad, everybody would throw him about five or six BP pitches, mm-hmm. and I would throw him about 10, and then he'll get tired of me and go to the next. So he was taking batting practice every night after a game, yep. both sides of the plate, yep. in, the, in, the, in the middle of the clubhouse. Hey, man, that, that's the thing that people don't see from, from young men or grown men. They don't see all the work that they put in to get to where they are. They just think that they just show up one day and uh, are a finished product. So... You know, it's great on him to do the things that he's done and he was doing, and they're starting to pay off. And you got the National League Manager of the Year, Skip Shoemaker. Yep. Yep. We played against him. Mm-hmm. Cardinals. He was with the Cardinals. Yep. Yeah. Little left-hander. Yep. Um, AL Manager of the Year, Brandon Hyde. Yep. What a turnaround for Baltimore, man, from this year to last year. They were talking about getting rid of him, and now he turned into – Won 100 games, and now he's an AL Manager of the Year. That's awesome. That's good stuff for Brandon. Wow. And your MLB MVP predictions. MVP of the National League, who you got? Oh, boy. Uh, Ooh. I don't think it's even close. I, think, I don't know, man. I, I like you know Matt Olson did a lot of good things. He did a lot of good things in Atlanta, man. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. You, Olsen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He did a lot of good things. He just went on a tear, man, from like 
like right before the All Star break to the end of the season, he just went on a tear. And that that's just that's just me. You're right. I mean, he had a really good year, but I I mean, you know, he played all 162. Yep. Had 127 runs, 172 hits, 54 home runs, 139 ribbies. Okay, now we're talking. Got a hundred, a hundred and four walks. Yep. 167 strikeouts, batting average 283, but his slugging percentage is 604. On base percentage, 389. OPS plus 162. He had a really good year. A really good year. But I'm going to go with his teammate, Ronald Acuna. His season, oh my God. (laughs) Ronald Acuna Jr. What he was able to do with the bat and with his legs, I mean, we've been around the game a long time. I don't think we've seen anybody do what he did. He he played in 159 games after coming off of ACL. Um, 149 runs batted in. I mean, runs scored. 217 hits. 35 doubles, four triples, 41 home runs, 106 strikeouts. 73 stolen bases. So he was in a 40-70 club, not the 50-50 club or the (laughs) – not the 40-50 club. He was in a 40-70 club. Mm -hmm. Only got caught still in 14 times. 80 base on balls. Guess how many strikeouts? Uh, Let me see. He had – Look at my face. It's low. (laughs) He had 84 strikeouts. 84 strikeouts. He didn't strike out 100 times. This day and age, that's impressive. That's muy impressivo. Yep. And guess what he hit? 337. A 416 OBP. The 596 slugging and 1,012. That's, a, that's impressive. Bro. That's it. That's, 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 and then... Only other person in that conversation in the National League, I would say, got to be Mookie Betts. Yeah. Yeah, he they were going neck and neck for a while. Yeah, and I think Mookie, the whole playoff thing is is what's you know, yeah, going to keep you from ever winning. I know, but this is a regular season award, man. I'm so – I'm tired of hearing about what guys do. That's how they do. I know it. I know it, but it's a regular season award. It's not the – you know, it's not the MVP of the playoffs. You know, uh, it's a regular season award. It's for 162 games, and you know, whatever you do during the regular season, that's what it is. He played in 152 games, mm-hmm. 126 runs, 179 hits, 40 doubles, 39 home runs, 107 RBIs, 14 calls stealing. No, 14 stolen bases. Got called three times. 96 walks, 107 strikeouts, and hit it 307. 400 on base percentage, 579 slugging, mm-hmm. 987 OPS, yep. 163 OPS plus. Yep. Those three guys have major years, yep. but I think what se- separates Acuna, his ability. And stolen bases. To, his legs. Yep. His legs. Because yep. I'm sure if Matt Olson had wheels, he probably would have had 100, 200 plus hits also. Probably. But that ain't Acuna's fault. Yeah, it ain't his fault. <laughs> it ain't his fault. Mm-mm. So I'm going with Ronald Acuna Jr. as MVP. Okay. All right. 
And we started getting to the American League MVP. Man, I don't even know where to start, really. Nope. Well, it's not going to be the big fella in New York. Nope. He was hurt half yeah. the year. Yeah. Otani's probably going to be best bet. I didn't want to say Otani, but yeah. Who else? Otani, who else? Corey Seager had a good year. Uh, shoot. I mean, it's it's got it's got to be between Great those two year. guys. You know, three twenty seven. You know, three three ninety. OBP slugging percentage is six twenty three. OPS ten thirteen. Otani was ten sixty six. He had thirty three homers, ninety six RBI. Corey Seager did. His his WAR was six point one. Looking at these Simeon, you got Marcus Simeon, you got Kyle Tucker, you got uh, Julio Rodriguez who came on strong after the All Star break, but. I mean, the top two guys for me would be Shohei Atani and Corey Seager. We're going to go off of playoff, what they did in the playoffs. <laughs> Corey Seager will win it. But like you said, this is just regular season it's stats. Regular season, man. You can't go off of – you cannot go – if that's the case, then uh, – uh, God, was it? The right fielder for the Rangers uh, who went off. If that's the case, he should be the MVP. Evan Carter. No. Nope. Evan Carter. Nope. Not – oh, oh. Oh, Adalis. Adalis, yep. Adalis. He, he, he had nine homers or nine or ten homers in, in the playoffs and knocked in a bunch of runs, like 25, 30 runs. Like, if that's the case, it needs an MVP. So you got to go off what guys do in the regular season. Can, can't do that. Well, he put up some some numbers this year also. Mm -hmm. Not as impressive as those other guys, nope. but he did put up some numbers. Yep. And at 31 years of age, too. He, he figured it out at 31 years of age. That's now that's more impressive than any of the other stuff. He was he was a late bloomer. Yeah, Thirty nine home runs, one hundred and seven ribbies, mm -hmm. one hundred and seventy five punch outs. Yeah, two forty five on the season. Yep. Yeah, pretty impressive. So so it looks like Otani's going to win it again. I don't know. Yeah, Seager, what he was able to do. Yeah, but then you got to throw in Otani, man, on, on the on the pitching side. Pitching too. side. Yeah. Before he got hurt, I mean, he was he was like. The guy who's shutting down losing streaks, and they had a few of them. He <laughs> <laughs> shut down losing streaks. That's the one game they had. They had a chance in uh, one game a week, bro. That they know that they're probably gonna win because he was gonna hit and pitch. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be tough between those two. But I think you know they're gonna look at what Shohei Itani did on the mound, and I'm sure that's gonna work in his favor. Speaking of Otani. He just turned down the qualifying offer, twenty million dollars. So that means he's gonna opt to be a free agent. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm still just baffled by the fact that the Angels were not able to unload him at the trade deadline. <laughs> because if you unload him at the trade deadline, yeah, you stick with me. I got you. The trade deadline, you get to get a you get a king's ransom for him. Yep. Because he's like the greatest player in MLB history up to this point for his ability to be an all-star two ways. Yep. So being a GM, if I got my GM hat on. Mm -hmm. My GM hat on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I find the best deal. And that best deal has to do with like maybe like eight players. Yep. I need four major league players and I need four minor league prospects, top Top 100 prospects. That's just what I need you can, for him. You can restock. But what I don't need mm -hmm. is to let him keep him and let him go in free agency and only get one, one pick. I, get one pick. They were just 
they had to be sure that he was coming back. And and you're saying you can never be too sure and to get until you sign him to a contract. There you go. There you go. But I'm telling you, they had to think they had no idea that he was not gonna re-sign with them or opt for free agency. And I, I'm I'm not in the inner workings, but that for me, that's on the outside looking in, they had to to know that he wasn't gonna opt out and be, become free agent. Shock. <laughs> Shock Jones. <laughs> I Troy Hawkins. <laughs> I don't understand. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> it makes no sense. If you're not going to trade him by the trade deadline, you have to ink him to a major contract. That's the only way you guarantee that he doesn't leave in free agency. I don't know whose lapse of judgment judgment at. Maybe they knew he was going to have Tommy John surgery. Maybe they knew he was hurt. I don't know. But even I hurt Otani because he he impacts your team two ways. Is it two-way play? Two elite ways. Yes. You cannot let him just walk. And you can't let him walk for a player who may never make it to the major leagues. You cannot. Hey. It makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. If that's the case, man, that's going to be like the biggest yeah. blunder yeah. in major league history. Yeah. And on, on Otani's side, there's only a couple places he can go, man. Yep. L.A. ain't one of them. Nope. San Diego's not one of them, that's for sure. Maybe San Francisco because they have a huge Japanese population. Maybe Seattle. They have a huge Japanese. I think one of their owners is Japanese. Plus, Ichiro was real big there. Yeah, maybe one of the the New York teams. Maybe. Maybe. But other than that, I don't know. Boston, maybe. Maybe. There's only a handful of teams that's going to be able to give him $450 million. Yep, this is true. Poor Angels. (laughs) Poor Angels. (laughs) Poor angels. <laughs> and I feel bad for Ron Washington yep. and Eric Young, yep. senior. Yep. They're headed over there, Ron to be the manager, mm-hmm. taking over for um, our buddy, yep. Phil Nevin. Yep. And you're going to take over that team without Otani. It was already tough with Otani there. Yeah. It's going to be impossible yeah. with him not being there. It's going to be a lot of upset fans, that's for sure. But I look at it this way. They put Ron Washington in a position to fail. There's nothing good can come out of that. Mm. That American League West is too competitive. It is. Seattle making a run. Seattle. Houston. Houston. The, 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 yeah, the last two World Series champions are out of the American League West. Rangers. What are they going to Hey, man. They're going to be in the gutter for a while. They're in trouble. And I'm not sure how their their minor league system, you know, what they have in a minor league system because, you know, first you got to draft the guys. You got to draft. Yeah. You got to draft some dude. Like we say in the industry, we got to draft some dudes, man. Yep. Yep. And then once you draft them dudes, you then you got to develop them dudes. <laughs> yep. And then you got to pray to God that they dudes in the major league also. Yep. There's a lot that goes into it. A lot that goes into it, bro. Yeah. And if they lose Otani without getting dudes – they're going to be dudes. Well, it sounds like they're only going to get one dude. <laughs> <laughs> he might, might not be a dude. If that. <laughs> he might be a simp. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, he might be. He might be, but he might turn into the man, man. You know, this you just never know. But I mean, like you said, they would have improved their chances by getting four top prospects and four major league ready players. But instead, they got a possible, like in spades. They got a, <laughs> <laughs> they got a possible. <laughs> they got three. Look, they got zero and a possible. That's what they got. They got That's what they're going to give for Tani. Zero and a possible. Hopefully it's not a joker. <laughs> well, it's going to wrap up the skin with Jock and Hawk. It's been real. It's been fun. And I'll see you guys next week. See you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Next Chapter Podcasts.